Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. What's up, everybody? Here we are on this amazing day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it in kicking off our Connect series. Today's message is titled, Live Naked and Unashamed. Now, I'm not endorsing nudist colony living, but we are hoping, though, that we will be able to be people that spiritually, emotionally, in our lives are fully seen by the Lord and fully connected with people. Friends, we are hardwired for connection in two areas. It's how God made us. We are people who are made for connection with God, and we are, secondly, people who are made for connection with one another. And anytime we work that equation by putting somebody in God's seat that we want them to be God, we're going to be left disappointed. But when we let God be God in our life, then we're able to connect with people in a healthy way. Now, we can be like God, serving people as we are the body of Christ. But if our expectation is that any single person will fulfill that God role in our life, the reality is it will never happen. So therefore, the gap, the tension, the bigger the gap is, the more frustrated we become. So I pray today that we'll go to the beginning, the source of life, and remember who is God, and let him have full control of us, all of me, for all of him as we connect with him, and then we recognize, though, that he has hardwired us for community and connection with each other. Going all the way back in Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, and the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. And instantly, you know, we turn into like little kids where we joke, we're like, oh, naked, you know, it's like a fart joke, and it's because we can't even understand the, 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 to be without the distortion, perversion, to be consumed with love and freedom, no taintedness of sin or the corruption of the world, where the enemy is not at play and deceiving. And before any of that, in this place known as Eden, delight with God, that man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So let that hang for a moment. Let that settle in in our hearts. Let that pause hit us, the stanza of the song, because this is delight. This is Eden. This is what it was meant to be like. Now, to define connection, a connection is a relationship in which a person, thing, or idea is linked or associated with something else. So we want to be associated with God. Brene Brown describes connection as follows. It is the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued, when they can give and receive without judgment, and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. When our life is experiencing connection in a positive way, our mental health is more sound, we have a longer lifespan, We have improved quality of life. 
But as we know, that connection of what Adam and Eve were experiencing, when you fast forward and read the next chapter, and we're in a different part of the history timeline, we've seen the effects of disconnection. So going to Genesis 3, picking it up in verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And this is fascinating because to understand the context, God says you may eat in Rome, create, rule, take dominion, and there's only one rule. And we can't even conceive that because our life is filled with rules. We drove in today, we stopped, we looked both ways, we drove on the right side of the road, we tried to abide by a speed limit, and that was just the rules of how to drive in. There's so many rules. Life is layered with logistics, structures, and schematics of how to operate in life. But yet, going all the way back when they were naked and unashamed, there was just one rule. God said, don't eat of this tree. If you eat of it, you will surely die. And I think sometimes when our focus is on what we can't do instead of what we can do or what the enemy wants to get us entangled in instead of remembering that God had a blueprint for us that is far superior. One of the mistakes that sometimes we can make following Jesus is that God is a, a, he's a God of buzzkill. He's a God of telling you do's and don'ts when it's more about freedom to live naked and unashamed with him, relationship and connection with one another. But the enemy is so crafty and always coming in and will say this to all of us, is like, ah, is it really worth it? The disconnection that he's coming to bring and to change the course of all of history is masked with this value proposition. The devil does not show his cards all the time. Like, here I am. I'm here to steal, kill, and destroy. <laughs> you know? It's more as 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen puts it, and no wonder for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. So here comes the enemy, the serpent, being more crafty than the other beasts to ultimately question God's authority, question God's ultimate rule, question that God somehow doesn't have our best interest at hand. Well, what a lie. But it continues in verse 2. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Huge warning. If anyone is, uh, has severe allergic reactions to anything, whether that's a bee or some type of food, you know if you touch it or get around it or eat it, lest you die, there's a certain level of do not go, danger, 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 danger. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. It's not how all peer pressure begins. Come on, just try it. It's not that deep. Mom or dad, they don't, they don't know for sure. Your teacher, they're just trying to stop your fun. And ultimately, where it gets 
destructive at its highest potency is when we question God. Because we're made to worship God. And so we're therefore creatures of connection that long to worship. And when we're not worshiping the one true God, we will trade for another form of idol or a lowercase g. Now look at verse 5. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. I wonder if this is the same lie that has been playing out for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. I think it manifests like this today. Come on, what do you feel? Do. Did God really say? There's no way God would create you in his image and likeness to not want you to experience freedom. So what are you feeling? But if you play that out, you know that that's a lie because if you feel such anger in such a way that you would actually want to harm somebody, should you just act on those feelings? Of course not. So we need a a, a higher example, a blueprint that tells us, okay, what to do. And, And the ultimate worldview that we believe is that there is a God of the universe that created each one of us in his image and he wanted to be in relationship with us, that delight this Eden experience, that we could live naked and unashamed with him and with one another, meant to procreate and rule and dominate, but in steps the evil one to distract, destroy, discourage, and ultimately in a form of a disguise and coming with a lie and going at the core lie. Anytime, anytime it's like if you, if you get a law from God or you get a rule from God, instead of remembering the context that he loves you, this is why we say you are loved, because when you understand somebody loves you, you might be more willing now to heed and, and, and flesh it out. And, and God's love isn't just said, it's, it's felt, it's caught, it's experienced, it's demonstrated. And so here's the enemy lying and saying, look, you'll be like God. And this is playing out today, whether it's in some forms of psychedelics, drugs, and uh, people are experiencing and they're saying, man, that they are God or there is, uh, you know, all different ways lead to the same God. And it, it, is, it is the same lie since the beginning. It is against the living almighty God. And the story continues, verse six. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, it was a good tree, it's God's tree, and that it was a delight to the eyes, temptation, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. This is where, you know, at the wedding or in some form of when people are standing on stage, they'll say, do you want to stand like the fig leaf pose or hands to the back or hands to the side? That's where it comes from, fig leaf pose. So every time, anytime we, 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 we were like this one and playing basketball, it was like this, you know, you're going to set a pick. But anytime it's this one, in some ways, it's us remembering the fall. Verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. This is key. The reason we feel so much shame and the reason when we make mistakes, whether it's thoughts or actions, the reason we don't want to see one another and very much God 
because there's a level of shame associated with it. And let me just, let me give you my personal opinion for a moment. I know there's mental health that many of us deal with in battle, and there's, there's confidence issues, there's insecurities, and there's different forms. But one thing, one thing I believe is that when someone can't look at you, or, or they naturally want to resist community, in some way, shape, or form, there's a level of shame or wanting to hide because there's, there's just sin. And what I hope would take place is recognizing that each one of us have sin, and there's no shame in that. Now, we don't have to get up all on stage and each one of us confess what our sins are publicly right here, right now, but yet forgiveness and confession with God is instant, but the healing, it says, confess your sins to one another. And then when you start to realize that we're not ranking sin, that we all are sinners needing a savior, there's no shame. We're entering in, in a game that, in confidence and we're being restored and rewired and hardwired. And this is so foreign to understand because here we are thousands of years removed from this situation. Sin has been compounding and going over and over and generationally in our family. And, da, da, da. and it's like the psalmist wrote, let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Because if we let God be God, sometimes he's got to break a bone to reset us. That's where Pete Scazzaro says in his work, you know, you, you can, Jesus forgives you instantly, but it takes 10 years to get grandpa out of your bones, and you've got to commit to the process. Now, grandpa's good, too, got great good qualities. But sometimes, especially if you come from the old school, grandpa's not telling you what he's dealing with. Grandpa's hiding. And I'm using grandpa like this, okay? It's not... Well, for many of us, that's our story because there was never a level of openness. But then the Lord God called to man and said, where are you? Verse 10, and he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. This is the opposite of live naked and unashamed. Here, they're hiding, clothed and ashamed. And they're hiding from who? This is what's crazy. And as a dad, this has gotten so much more rich because when our kids mess up, they want to hide from me. You know what religion says? I've messed up. I better go fix and make it right and then tell dad. You know what relationship with God says? I've messed up. I better go call dad. Could you imagine if the first thing they did is just run to God? A glimpse of connection with God is to be fully open, fully seen. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? And there's the beginning of the fall. That's where the fall entered into humanity and disconnection with God is the greatest separation we will ever experience. If you've ever had a bad breakup or you've lost a loved one, that disconnection hurts bad. But friend, don't get it twisted. What we long for the most is connection with God. And that disconnection from God is the greatest separation we will ever experience. So when we're preaching the good news of Jesus, what we are saying is that people can be connected with God. Because to breathe your last breath and to not know Jesus, is this is what it means. Because yes, there is hell, there's punishment, there's judgment, absolutely. But if we just focus on that, that's the cause and the effect. 
when the, 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 bad, the bulk of the story, the, the genesis of the story, is that God longed to be in relationship with his creation. It's like being restored. You know, the, the video of the, uh, uh, someone who's been to war for a long time, and then they're re- reconnected with their kid, and the kid sees them, and it's just this magical moment. Get that visual for a second. That's what God longs to connect with me and you. Because of the separation that sin has brought into the equation and into life. And then in steps, obviously, Jesus will get there in a moment. But just to understand that the chasm in our souls, the, the gap that we could never fulfill is because of sin. And we don't want people to be separated from God for eternity, y'all. That's why the good news is so beautiful, because the bad news is tragic. So we have to make a statement today and say this, that I want to be disconnected from everything that tries to rob my full attention and affections with God. Come on, you're, you, you, you guys are tracking that, that in order to connect, you have to disconnect. In order to be with, you're, not, you're, you're also not with certain things. In order to be here today means you're not somewhere else. So, so to connect with God means I have to then disconnect Stephen the Levite, he's an artist on, a, on, on his album, Die is Gain. He has a song, Disconnected, and I love the hook here. You can uh, download that song later, and it says, the hook says this, disconnected. I'm in the world, but I've been disconnected. I parted ways with my old friends, disconnected. I'm separate. I'll say it again, disconnected. I'm disconnected. Get Disconnected. I'm in the world, but I've been disconnected. I parted ways with my old friends, disconnected. Disconnected, I'm separate, I'll say it again, disconnected. I'm disconnected, get disconnected. We are saying, as we connect with God, there is a level of disconnecting from something as well. And today, maybe the, see, it, see it in a way that the pressure's off and that it could just fall off like the season we're in. Let, let it just fall off. If it doesn't line up with his word, if it's not in line with God's blueprint for our lives, and then we disconnect. So we disconnect and we think, are my relationships taking me closer to God? Is in my job, is there, is there certain attitudes that I need to disconnect from? Is there people that I find myself mingling? Misery loves company that I need to be disconnected with. Is there a certain place that, that compromises my soul and be disconnected? And in one sense, you might be saying here today, that's easier said than done, Jerome. Do you know how hard it is to walk this out daily? Yes. But the righteous person gets back up. The narrow path, it's difficult to travel on, but it leads to life. Would you rather that I get up here and say, do whatever you want and whatever feels good, and then every Sunday, just come in the house of the Lord and say, Jesus, you have my hour of power. I'm just going to go live how I want. It's like, no, I'm born again. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And when we understand that that is the most richest statement that we'll ever be able to say, and it's the most realest thing that we will ever be in, then therefore, I want to renew my mind daily. Y'all still with me? <laughs> like, I was like, they're, they're, they're going to get more of the, like, behind the scenes, Jerome, you know, the table talk. Jesus had his parables. He had the stories. It's like Love the City Week. But now we're turning the corner. We're like, okay, let's, can we talk about it? Let's go there.
So if disconnection with God is the greatest separation we will ever experience, well, connection with God is the greatest connection we will ever experience. What makes it possible for us now to connect with God? Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For it is the power of God for salvation. Power. When you connect with the right power input to the right receptacle, then the power moves. The power for us, the power of God, is that we've been saved. Our power to connect with God is possible because of Jesus. Now, God, after the fall, chose to bring a redemptive plan, a savior, to ultimately a fatal blow that the devil would be crushed, the serpent would have no more power and full control, that there would be a new king, all hail King Jesus. And for those that believe in him would be born again. And now this flowed through Father Abraham and then through the Jews. And then you imagine now, we, we just hear about it then, but to see that the God of the Jews, is God is moving through them. It's the one true living God. But we can have faith and say, well, that's the one true living God. But as us Gentiles on the outside, it's like, well, we feel like we don't have the same benefit. We don't have the same uh, access, what is going on. But now when Jesus stepped into the scene, it's the power of salvation First to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. It was to restore all of the people made in the image of God. The power of Jesus, the power of God. So that's why we're not ashamed of it, because it's the only thing that got us back connected with God. This is so good. One practical way, uh, I'm going to reference Pete Scazzaro again. He has this marriage, marriage teaching he did. And if you're not married in the room, then you, you can still understand that you're married to Christ. And, and singleness is... Is, is a gift, marriage is a gift, in whatever stage of life, we're, we're, it's about walking our lane out to the glory of God. But for married couples, he says, one of the things I would encourage you to do if you're married, he said, first, remember, marriage is a sign and a wonder pointing to that Jesus is going to be married to his church. Secondly, um, you know, that marriage, it, that in it, there's verbal and nonverbal communication all the time. Okay, yeah, I get it. And then he goes, so what we do is we practice this exercise at night a few times a week where we just do skin to skin. I was like, wait, live naked? On a, uh, okay, I get it, skin to skin. Yeah, well, we just lay and hold each other nude and just have a conversation with no intention to go anywhere else to restore and to remember what it's like to be connected with God and be connected with mankind. I'm like, What? And then he said off stage, he would ask his staff and say, hey, how's skin to skin going for the married couples? <laughs> I was like, wait, you want a, a conversation nude? Holding each other? But it actually makes sense to my soul when I get past the little kid land like, you know, <laughs> yeah, funny, you know? And when you stop and you think about it, though, how beautiful to be in God and to be connected in such a way that you could just be free and begin to restore and repair 
be seen, be heard in a non-judgmental way. Now, I'm sure you're wondering, well, do you guys do that all the time? I don't know if we're there fully yet. I, I got to get better at this whole world. Um, but I'm, it's taken me 10 years to get a new operating system. I'm still on the journey, you know? How can we connect with God to live naked and unashamed? Number one, when we worship, the reason our souls just come alive and we can't always understand it here, but yet it's doing something here, is because worship is what we're made to do. We worship. We connect with God through worship. And worship is in every area of our lives acknowledging that he has full worth that we literally bow down. That's what worship means, to bow down. And, and we do this sometimes with lifting holy hands, right? Or we're praying or we're surrendering or it's an act of a movement or we might hold our heart. And it's just, God made us, we're physical as well and he wants to, to have us move and talk and sing. And, and I pray that our worship would get louder internally more naked and unashamed. Not externally, because sometimes you could just be doing it for your neighbor, y'all. There might, you might have caught a religious bug real quick. And then the opposite could be true, too, where you indirectly have the religious bug, too, because you're insecure. And you could say, well, how is insecurity a religious bug? Well, because now we're discounting the effect of the cross. The cross gives confidence because it's not I who live. It's Christ who lives in me. Now, it doesn't mean that each one of us are going to be outside of our gift mix and do things that we don't want to do every day. No, absolutely not. But in some way, shape, or form, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's a new mindset. I can't conform to the patterns of this world. I need to be transformed by the renewing of my mind because the old master, Satan, is trying to warp what God has said all the time. But now we have this Holy Spirit in us to move and be alive and, 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 and our souls cry out in worship. And then secondly, how can we connect with God? His word. God's word in our hearts. Psalm 119 says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And then the last W, how can we connect with God? Worship, word, but work in everything we do to the glory of God. Can I lean in for a moment? I think most of our jobs, they don't reflect an environment to live naked and unashamed. And I know we have to produce. I know we have widgets that need to be shipped. I know we have quotas and we have scorecards and it's beautiful. But friends, there's no separation between your worship with God and your work. Be a 360-degree Christian. And it can happen. I know there's ex exceptions, and you don't have to email me and let me take a tour of your job. And I just, 43 years on this planet, uh, I haven't seen a lot of it. And I haven't seen a lot of it first from the church, to be like the church where people are. Let's not be influenced by the settings we're in. Let's be the thermostat, changing the temperature of the settings we're in. Ephesians 2.22, in him, you also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Get that visual for a moment, that you and I connected with God, but here's where it starts to then move forward. If we're connecting with God in worship and the word and at work and everything we do, we're doing it to his glory. But there's also a connection that God wanted to make each one of us 
like little puzzle pieces or Lego pieces that we would connect together to build, dwell, that his spirit is with us, just like the man and his wife. So friends, let's connect and build together. With the source of life, when we're connected to God, now we have healthy expectations to now serve the vertical uh, or serve God vertically and then the horizontal relationships because when we are connected in Jesus, we can live naked in communion with God and live naked in community with each other. I'll end with a glimpse of what this could look like. So if we knew the fall was in Genesis, what does it look like post-Jesus ascending to heaven? What does it look like when the power has now fully showed up that the veil is torn? There's no separation as for those that believe in Jesus can go to the throne room, the Holy of Holies, with God. Well, look at Acts 2. You could think of the Gospel of Luke as what Jesus began to do and think of Acts as the continuation of what Jesus continues to do through his church, through me and you, through people like us. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, so there's the word and fellowship, they're hanging out, and to the breaking of bread, being communion, and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. How cool. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. Can we stop and just think of this sentence again? And all who believed were together and had all things in common. There's an election coming up and there's a lot of stuff online. Can I, can I read this again? And all who believed were together and had all things in common. One more time. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. It's still the cry of the church today. And it was what was taking place in the early church. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Verse 46, and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Last verse here, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Now there's an equation we've spoke about over the years here. And what it is is proximity plus frequency leads to intimacy, equals intimacy. Proximity meaning how close we are. Frequency meaning how often we're close equals intimacy with God and each other or connection. So proximity means if I'm in Jesus, I can cry out, Abba. He's closer than the air I breathe. Come on, somebody. That's good. And how frequent do I experience that? Means do I check off, disconnect from the world so I can check into this awesome, intimate relationship I have with God 24-7, 365. I don't have to go to church to experience church. But then also that in community, proximity, close, Frequency, how often we get together, leads to intimacy as well. But you also know if you're close to people and you're around them more often, it's gonna, sparks are going to fly too. We're in a f- 
a, a foreign mindset. We're in a Babylonian way where everything is separate. Have your me time, your me space. I feel this. I have my own room. Nah, friends, there's a better way. And the enemy is really, he's all, well, did God really say that you guys should be in community? Did God really say go all the way in? Did God really say all of me? Did God really say lose your life and you'll find it? Did God really say give everything away? Did God really, and you know, it's just nonstop. It's just nonstop. Did God really say? Did God really say? That's the voice of the devil. I want to hear what did God say? And then let's pray about it and let's encourage one another to live it out. That's what connection can look like, friends, to live naked and unashamed with God and in community. So here's an action item, and we're going to worship. The action item is groups are strategically placed a week from now to live this out. Now, it might not fit in everyone's calendar, and if you can't be a part of these groups, I pray that you would have a group somewhere. Sunday's not enough. It's just not enough. Because the enemy is always out there saying, did God really say? Did God really say? And what we get to say is, no, we get to connect with God because of Jesus. And we get to connect with one another in Jesus. So pull out your phone. Everybody gets to pull out their phone. your app store button. This is where I could insert a lame joke about Android users not as prolific as Apple users, which is just not true. But I have an affinity for Apple. But yet watch out because their logo bit from the Apple. I don't know. That's maybe table talk conspiracy another day. I'm just kidding. Kind of. All right, pull out the app and type in church center. Because if you don't have it downloaded yet, we want you to download it. It's a tool for us to connect. That's all it is. That's all every, all of our teams are here. That's all serving is. It's really an opportunity to connect. Sunday, it's an opportunity for us to connect with God, grow in his word, get reprogrammed. It's an opportunity to connect. The Connect Center in the hallway and the prayer request or join the team and membership. It's just a way to connect. And so this app, I've been using it a lot this week because I'll be involved in a couple groups and I was so impressed with this app. Here's a little video of what it looks like to download this app. And for those that are still hesitant, that hate following instructions or maybe have a difficult time with authority or skeptics or just have checked out and fallen asleep a little bit, but if you're going to fall asleep at City Life, I, I, come on now, and download this app because I believe this can be an on-ramp for deeper connection. Check this video.
All right, here's what we're going to do. Keep your phone out, and we're going to worship in a moment, but we're going to, if you can start to begin the process, but if you've already gotten there, we're going to hit the little groups tab, and I'm going to talk about what groups are available. First, there's an all-ages Bible study that meets weekly on Wednesdays from 6.30 to 7 p.m. Then there is an all-ages Ecclesiastes deep dive. Come on, that's going to be rich. That's Mondays at noon. Sign up for that. All ages, there's a health study that's going to be meeting Saturdays, noon to one. There's a couple's Bible study Tuesday at 6 p.m. People believe in connection with God and connection with each other so much that they're carving out space to connect. There's a men's Bible study at Kingdom Life with Pastor Coy and yours truly, Mondays, 7 p.m., There's open gym if you just want to play some ball, talk Jesus, Sundays, 3 to 5. That's for 16 and over. There's a sports for 16 and over also that's going to be meeting on Thursdays at 6 p.m. That might be you. What a great time. Go out there, play some ball or whatever games will be available that week and connect with each other. There's a women's Bible study Mondays at 7 p.m. There's another women's Bible study Tuesdays at 6 p.m. There's a women's Bible study Wednesdays at 6 p.m. And last but not least, it's in alphabetical order, is there's youth. Because youth are the future. We're the future too. But youth need some safe spaces to connect outside of mom and dad just telling them about Jesus. And that's a powerful time that will be taking place weekly. All right, here's where we end. That was information. We just put that on the shelf for a moment and come back to it later. Because any form of church program or initiative will always be a shallow version of our private prayer time or connection that we can have with God. Now, community is the fullness of God too. What I'm saying is God just wants you. And some of the richest moments that you'll ever have is remembering that you're his and that he is yours because of Jesus. If you don't know Jesus today, I pray that you would believe and trust and confess that he is the Lord and ask him to take your sin and he will clean you and make you whiter than snow. You'll be born again, but you'll need to walk it out and that's what a biblical community can help you do. We're members, not because we got it figured out. We're members because we need one another and we want to live the body and the bride of Christ out. So let's close today worshiping, connecting with God because there is no separation in the spirit. We worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen.
we're going to go into that bridge where there was death, you brought life. And to think of the story of Genesis, that we were walking with God naked and unashamed, free, connected, no tainted or distortion of the effects of the fall. But now we have two worlds colliding all the time. Death, life, fear, faith, hurt, healing, worry, trust. And because of the effects of Genesis 3 and the fall, each one of us carry a weight that only God can carry. And if you're in this place and you're dealing with any situation, anxiety, fear, sickness, guilt, shame, that this song and this portion of the song we believe is for you. That just give it up to God, cast your cares upon him for he cares about you. And the picture is there, picture that you have a boulder on your chest and you're just like, get it off. I just want it gone. And so if you're going through something, I pray that your praise would be louder than your pain right here, right now. Let's dive into this. Let's sing. This is for us. Genesis, but it ends in Revelation when God will come back and he will make all things new. He will wipe away every tear. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more death. The I am will be I am. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. What will that be like? Well, we get a glimpse of it now and it will be without decay, without destruction, without the enemy, 
It'll be God, full glory, full control. And that the angels and all of us will worship holy, holy is the Lamb God Almighty. We get to do that now and every time that we worship, we're joining the great cloud of witnesses that are worshiping day and night because God's worthy to be praised. So we're gonna end with just the voices, all hail our King, our King Jesus. All hail King Jesus. made to do. Worship God, dive into his words, store it in our hearts that we won't sin against him. And in all of our work, all of our day to day, connect with God. I pray that there will be a deep desire in your life to connect with God and his people, unlike any other moment in your life, that everything that is not like God would fall away. There would be a new appetite that affections would change, a new desire. It might even seem so foreign in a way that you don't know what to do with it. Bring it up in your group. Bring it up with somebody that you know is following Jesus. Chances are they'll give you great guidance and bounce it off a couple more people to live this new life out, disconnected. Disconnected. Now get connected with God and each other. If you leave this place and you want prayer or to learn more about what it means to be connected here at City Life on the Dream Team or serving or as a member here, there'll be people at the Connect Center. I'll be there as well. And then if you're online watching this or even listening to this later, you can go to citylifelancing.com, hit connect. We'll be here next week, kicking off groups, 10 a.m. and 1130, all races and all faces, you belong here. We're gonna keep loving the city one life at a time and we won't stop until Jesus, King Jesus comes back and makes all things new. Have the best day of your lives.
listening to the City Life Lansing podcast, loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.